Look, we have one liquid dinner where we're yelling at everybody in the house. <laughs> we turn into like I know. abusive fathers. We're going to start just screaming at each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then tomorrow we'll be like, what happened? Jeez. Woke up feeling weird. This is no politics at the dinner table. I'm Tony Biancasino. And I'm Amin Prakash. Today we are going strictly liquid diets. I hope this works out okay. <laughs> This is delicious, by the way. It's so good. It's I wonder so good. if we did this, if we just like one day a week did whiskey diets, would we lose weight and change nothing else about our lives? So you didn't have dinner, you just had whiskey. I'm just saying one night a week. Yeah. If you do it every night, you Yeah, no, no, that's, that's, yeah. Um, would we lose a pound? I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think, you know, because I know. normally you do this plus burgers. I know myself. I would have, I'd be like, I'll come out and have whiskey yeah, for like dinner. It's dinner till I'm having. And then at <laughs> one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> I'd say, we need to order something, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> and I would order the most disgusting food remember possible. When you Remember when we lived together? Yeah. You were the fattest you've ever been. Yep. Yep. We would Huge. watch, Ama and I, this is like, Huge. we're talking 2008. 2007, 2007 to We're talking 2007. This is when the yep. ultimate fighting competition came on Spike TV. Right. And, Amit and McCole had gone for a month yes. for like a play. And it was me and Amit. I had no job. And neither did you were tutoring or some weird. No, I was, I was, yeah, I was working. Anyway, was, who yeah, gives somewhere. a shit? Yeah, yeah. And you, we would order every day. We would wake up. We would order bacon, egg, and cheeses. And then, like, we would lay on the couch. We would basically just order throughout the day. <laughs> and then it would be, like, 1 o'clock. We'd be like, should we get cheesesteaks? Yeah. yeah. Should we get yeah. cheese fries? Yeah. yeah While absolutely. drinking. Absolutely. And then for dinner, we would order, like, cheeseburgers. Yeah. And we did Wings. this for, like, a yeah. month straight. Yeah. And Nicole got home, and she looks at me, and she goes, what the fuck did you do to my husband? <laughs> We were 10 pounds heavier. And then we would go out all night. Yeah, go out all and night. And then we would do it again the next day. Yeah. <sighs> could you oh, imagine if we tried yeah. that now? We're all bums. Um, I, I, I could do it once. I, I take a nap at the... I do. Yeah. I take naps at bars. <laughs> I do. I, I do bathroom naps. I Are go, you serious? If I get really tired at a bar, I'm talking like 11 o'clock and everybody else wants to stay out, I'll find a stall that doesn't have any piss or shit all over it. I'll lock the door. I'll set my alarm for 20 minutes. Are buzzer, you serious? And I'll take a little nap in the bathroom. All right. So this week... Um, Kind of a local news story that I want to bring up. So in 2014... Um, Sorry, everyone from the rest of the world. That yeah, well, okay. So, We're doing something local. No, but, but, it, but it has a bigger, broader implication. Um, 2014, there was a big press conference where the police commissioner, William Bratton, who recently just stepped down... I know. Um, ...held up a plastic bag filled with weed. Yeah. Um, and so far, the story is awesome. Made a statement, right? Okay, yeah. right. So, and he said that anyone found possessing less than twenty-five grams yeah, of, of yep. a pot um, would only get a ticket. Yeah, right? the man. They'd only get a ticket. Um, and so then, and De Blasio uh, came out after that and basically said the reason for this is that too many people. Uh, particularly communities of color, have been saddled with records. Yeah, that, bullshit that drug haunt, charges. Yeah, haunt them for the rest of their lives, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, you get a ticket, right? And so after that, essentially drug arrests for marijuana plummeted. Right? They went way down. Yeah. Um, except this year. And this year, 2016, they're up 27% as opposed to last year's. Um, right. And I want to ask you a question. So there's a sort of racial dynamic going on as well. How many of these drug arrests do you think are for 
black or brown people. Now? Yeah. Probably not as many. Give me a percentage. Wait, out of what? A hundred? Yeah. I mean, that's what a percentage is, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if you were talking about <laughs> per, out of your... Per of, 100. Why, well, hold on. I thought you were talking about out of your 27% No, I'm saying increase. of the drug arrests, which have been a 27% increase How as opposed is? to last year, um, out, of, out of all of that, for the, up, up till through June, that's fifth, what they have... Uh, let's, go, uh, let's go... Let's go 15%. 15% yeah. are... Black. Four, black and Latino? Yeah. 90%. That's insane. Okay, so 90%. See, what, can I tell you what happened there? Okay. I thought that it was going to be one of those you tried to make me look racist. Mm. So I tried to beat you to it, and then I would have been like, oh, I had no idea. But yeah. I honestly, I was, there's this piece of me that was thinking it was going to be like this. It was, it's been rich white kids that are getting busted for like a little moment there. I was like, maybe, maybe yeah. he's leading me because it's real. But yeah. now, same old, same old, same old. I mean, that is a shocking percentage 90 percent that's of pretty all insane of all of the marijuana arrests into 2016 yeah have been black or latino yeah i mean the profiling we we know that though um, but the thing is is that what when bratton was brought in um he did end stop and frisk yeah right so that whole sort of ray kelly approach to policing has gone i mean i mean the numbers show it right i mean they way down way down yeah but orders of you know from 500,000 at, at its peak down to like 8,000 last yeah, year, yeah. right? So that's a huge shift. Um, but he's kept this approach, and he was the sort of um, innovator um, and cheerleader of this approach way yeah. back in the 90s, which is the broken windows policing approach. Have you heard of that? No. Okay, okay. So uh, broken windows policing is a theory where... The idea is that if you police small infractions, mm -hmm. larger ones will not come in their wake, right? So that so the idea is that you know if you have houses and stuff that the windows are broken, you 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 send them a ticket to say no, you got to fix your windows. Then the neighborhood gets nicer, and then people gotcha. sort of they modifies their behavior incrementally. Right? Gotcha. Uh, the critique of that has been that basically. Um, communities, black, Latino communities, yeah. poor communities are the ones that um, bear the brunt of this. Yeah, because people in those neighborhoods are fixing, aren't fixing because they don't have money to fix right. it. Right, exactly, exactly. And um, and it just becomes, they become more heavily policed yeah. for every little thing. Hence, you get Eric Garner choked out for selling Lucy's, right? You know, know. So, so, you know, that's, that's the other sort of effect of yeah. like, broken yeah. windows. So this new guy, James O'Neill, um, uh, is kind of a Bratton protege. He's a good guy from what I hear. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so here's the thing is that, I mean, it's interesting that you've got de Blasio um, who at least self-styles himself as a champion of the poor and of the, I, I hate to say minority because, because minorities constitute 50% of yeah, the population yeah. in New York, but let's just say, say, you know, communities of color in New York. Um, but you go from Ray Kelly to Bratton to O'Neill, it's basically white Irish cops, right? Yeah, you yeah, know, it's yeah. like each one. Um, and which is a tradition in the NY NYPD, um, but there are other people that he could have chosen. And certainly sure. people, I don't even think, it, even like, I don't even care that much about the identity of the person, but just their philosophy. Yeah. Um, and but what you're getting is the sort of same philosophy. And so, yes, stop and frisk is down, but there's a racial order to the policing, 
right? So yeah, this this is this, this, this yeah. is the, this is the local story, but I think it's a bigger story yeah. in the sense that this is a problem in America. Yeah, um, and um, I don't know. I'm 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 just wondering. You know, what are what are your what are your, what are your thoughts on that statistic? What are your thoughts on you know what could be done to not have those kind of outcomes? You know, do you have any <laughs> response to that? I've got all the answers. Yeah, I, mean, I, I hope back. so. How that's, much time you got? That's why I talked to you. <laughs> I mean, it's it's alarming. the the statistic The statistic is extremely alarming. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a clearly a racial issue. Um, so I don't. I, I don't. I don't know the solution. I mean, don't hire racist cops. <laughs> I don't think it's that. I don't even think it's racist cops. Come I think. On. I, no, no. I mean, I think a minuscule amount. Of you think cops, it's just bad training? I don't think it's training. Well, I think it's what is considered training, right? What is considered good? Like training. these are the neighborhoods we pr- we we there, stop and frisk. There's certainly that. There's certainly there's a sort of a very aggressive physical style to American police training as opposed yeah. to other places. I mean, like other places, they train their cops for two years before they let them out in the field. Yeah, we yeah, give yeah. them like 10 weeks. Right. And, we, and then we throw, and, and then we, th- and, and the approach is to throw the newbies into the hardest neighborhoods because the seniority, so the, the people with seniority also don't want to police those neighborhoods anymore. Right. So it's, it's, it's kind of like also the same thing with teachers, right? That you get new teachers and you throw them into the worst possible conditions possible and say, Hey, sink or swim. Um, yeah. And okay. so I see where you're going you know? with this, and I like it. I know what you mean. Basically, it's 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 the system of how we train our cops mm-hmm. is the issue. It's not about. I mean, they're trained to look for certain things, or they're trained by these old dudes that have been here in these horrible years. So it's a. I don't know, but that sounds like that sounds like an easy fix. <laughs> like I think it's more complicated, right? It can't be that easy. Well, I think it's. I, I don't know if it's an easy fix. It's hard to change a culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, last week, our guest was talking about one of the missions um, that were part of beyond the sort of military two, mission. That was two weeks ago. Um, or, or, yeah, sorry, two weeks ago. Um, was talking about in addition to attaining military objectives, you had to have a sort of social transformation of uh, the society you're, you're in. Yeah. Um, Reverse that for the police is that if you want to have different outcomes, not 90% yeah. of people yeah. of color getting caught for weed, um, you have to transform the culture of police, which is hard. Yeah. Right? They're I mean, so powerful. It, it's, well, it's, there's just, you know, there's this institutional memory. I mean, there's just so much stuff going on. What is considered to be wisdom and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to change. Oof. It's depressing. Right? So, I don't know. You know what we call Mayor de Blasio? What? De Blasio. Oh. You won't vote for him again. Well, it depends on who he's against. I mean, if there's anybody from remotely good, he's terrible. He's boring. I, I'm not a fan. I'm. Also, we have an we have a F train issue going on in my neighborhood. F train issue. I mean, you want to talk about local? And I don't forgive when you take trains from my house. Yes. There's no forgiving. Councilman de Blasio. Yeah. Douche. I'm I'm on the fence about him. I like what he's trying to do with the schools. Yeah, I like the, the universal pre-K, um, and I think that's a great thing. Um, on the other hand, I think he's weak, um, and he doesn't fight at all. Yeah, he's such you a know? he's um, so he's so, so bl- boring. 
He's never had a real job. He's no, you know, I he's know. just been a sort of political hack his whole life. I don't think he's ever had a real job. No, we're against him on this show. <laughs> he's our mortal enemy. De Blasio, do you hear this? Although we would interview him if he wants <laughs> yeah, to come on. Come on and defend yourself <laughs> and tweet about it. Yeah. All right, all right, where are we going? All right, all right. Let's let's have a drink. Um, oh, nice. Of course, two of our dinner, oh, and boy. then uh, come back. But, yeah, but this is like our fifth drink. Blasio. Giuliani. We need Giuliani oh, back. God. Giuliani's lost his damn mind. Remember, never, remember like no, a month ago when he he's was just, he's just uh, RNC, he's going, America! To be himself. America! <laughs> he really, he looks like, remember Jim when Jim Carrey would do uh, uh, Fire Marshal Bill? <laughs> That's what Giuliani looks like now. He looks like Fire Marshal Bill. He's like, <laughs> Like it, like his lips are completely gone at this point. Actually, I I think Giuliani is less scary now because he's he's not the mayor anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah. Before he had yeah, but he got crazier. He wasn't this crazy. He was pretty crazy. I know, but he's out of his damn mind right now. I don't know, man. I remember when he's running for president. Yeah, but that was that was a, he had to because nine eleven. It was like the first time since nine eleven. And that's all he said. I know. Yeah, it makes sense. He was like, nine, I mean, just fear mongering. I mean, yeah. his whole his whole career is built on fear mongering. Nine eleven, America. <laughs> oh, gross. All right, where are we at? Okay, let's talk. Let's do it. Um, so when was it? I guess it was last week. You were talking about, um, or we were talking about that you would find it hard. Or, or, or the more you read lately, it's becoming harder to pull the lever for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, you know, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I just go through these phases where I'm like, I can't vote for Trump. I mean, I mean, vote for Trump's not an issue. It's like, I'm never doing it. But it's like, I get, and then I'm like, oh my God, I'm voting for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I can't do that. Well, terrible idea. Um, and then it's it. Then you're just like, I don't know what to do. Let me just add some fuel to that fire. Politico uh, recently just reported that Hillary Clinton is trying to seek the endorsement of Condoleezza Rice, James Baker, yeah, and Henry Kissinger. Uh, Henry sort of Kissinger. The, the formal endorsement of all three. So that is to say, um, Reagan's Secretary of State. George W. Bush's Secretary of State, yeah, and Nixon's yeah. Secretary of State and National Security. Kissinger's the only guy who had those two jobs right. at the same time, right? Yep. So it's it all powerful. Um, and one thing I just wanted to sort of ask you about is like, what do you know about Henry Kissinger? I know that he killed a lot of Asians. <laughs> okay, okay, He's, like eighty some thousand. I want to want to say. The estimates right now, in oh, terms boy, of his, in terms of his water. policies, and he's yeah. he's been in politics for a long time, um, basically from the mid nineteen sixties until the president. He's yeah. part of you know the head of Kissinger and Associates, and um, he's kind of works the aisles. So so in formal politics, he was in there a good twenty five years, yeah, and then outside working informally, but very influential still to this day. So let's say about a forty plus year career. The estimates based on his policies in Cambodia, 
Laos, uh, Southern Africa, yeah. um, Chile, um, uh, Argentina. Yeah. Um, between three and four million people. Oh, damn. I was um, off. <laughs> uh, have been killed, tortured, um, disappeared, yeah. um, as they said in, in, in Argentina. Um, due to his policies yeah. with direct fingerprints. I mean, in, in Cambodia and Laos, here's a national security advisor actually designating the bombing coordinates that the Air Force will use. Right. right? So it wasn't just sort of, yes, we should attack this country. It's like, I'm going to tell you. Um, but I'm going to tell you exactly where these villages, not this village, not yeah, that village. You masterminded. So on, right? Yeah. Um, and. Not only that, he was he was one of the key cheerleaders for the first Gulf War and definitely for the second, um, the Iraq War in 2003. Um, and so here's the thing. This is Hillary Clinton's foreign policy guru. She is on the, you know, his, yeah. his latest book, World Order, um, she wrote a blurb on the back of that book, right? They're friends uh, until the... Uh, death of uh, Oscar de la Renta. Yeah. Um, they used to vacation around Christmas time um, with the Kissingers and the Clintons and go yeah. to the Dominican Republic in this palatial home and yeah. sort of hang out. And she considers him a very good friend um, and confidant. This is the longest setup of. I'm just saying. What do you think about Hillary Clinton? Well, yeah, yeah, ever. no, no. I'm just saying. Like, so just, you're like one time, right? He sent her a box of cookies, <laughs> and it was actually from him. It was really an ink and a personalized card. And then another time, he bought her a Coca-Cola at a diner. <laughs> one time, he accepted a piece of bubble gum from Hillary Clinton. <laughs> It's an outrage. It's a goddamn outrage. Right. Okay, so get to where you are going with this okay. with the so, giant build So <laughs> my, my larger point is that some people um, are basically calling on Bernie Sanders yeah. to come out and demand that the Clinton campaign do an about-face on putting out these feelers to getting... You know the sanction right. by what in in any just world would be a tried and convicted war criminal. Understood. Um, so, what do you think about that? Should should Bernie use his political weight? You know, he, you remember the debate, right? And the debate yeah. he, when she mentioned Kissinger, he said, "Henry Kissinger, not my friend, not my friend." Right? I'm proud to say he's not my friend, and I was jumped out of my seat to play yeah. when he did it. Um, but um, do you think he should? expend some political capital on trying to reverse um, what is a full-on embrace of, you know, from Kissinger to Condoleezza Rice. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's not, it's Kissinger yeah. and, and all the implications of Kissinger. I get it. Um, yeah, I think he should. I think he should use the power he has for the, however long he has it, to do everything he can to change policy. That's kind of his responsibility. But on the flip side, it doesn't matter. When she wins, she's not going to do anything she promised. So that leads back to the original question, which is, or the original thing we we're talking about, which is I'm having a tough time, again, you know, settling with Hillary Clinton because I, it doesn't matter. I don't, everything she says she's going to do, I don't, it's, it's just to get votes, it's just to win. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, he should. He should do everything he can 
to try to change policy and to push her into the direction of being on the right side of things, but it doesn't matter. Well, here's the thing. I, 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 there's a mass movement behind Sanders, right? He's just a guy, right? And he happens to be the symbolic, you know, leader of this movement, but there's a mass movement that I think, you know, once whoever's in power next, that we'll have to contend with. Yeah. Right. They're not going to, and it, and it didn't come about because of him. It came about because 10 years before, because of Occupy and the fight for 15. Yeah, but you're assuming the, that it's going to last. You know, that's the problem well, is that these I, kind of movements don't, they don't, they, they don't really always have the gas in the tank to keep going. Well, I think, I think, I don't know. I'm hopeful about this. I think, I think it's going to. Me too. I'm just um, saying I, there's I, no guarantee. There, there's definitely no guarantee. But, but one thing is guaranteed is that if you don't have a check on the power that comes, then right. they're going to do whatever they want. Right. So, so. If Bernie were to expend this capital, which would be kind of big, right, to sort of come out and maybe press conference or something like that, and like yeah. we need to disavow, you know, the foreign policies of you know Kissinger and his yep. ilk and so on, um, that would be a big deal, and um, and he would get a lot of flack for it because yeah. Kissinger is well liked by both aisles, right? Because you got war lovers on both sides, yeah, um, war lovers, but but yeah, so. Um, the the way it would sort of work was I, I think you're right is that is that after she comes into power yeah, if, she, if she's elected she that you have people sort of monitoring it yeah. right but I don't know the flip side is that if Kissing uh, if if Sanders does this and comes out against Kissinger he's effectively coming out against Hillary's foreign policy right. per se <laughs> right. um, and and that could be a huge boon to Donald Trump, who's right. already said that, you know, you know, Hillary's She's way more hawkish than I am, yeah. you know? Um, so I don't know. It's dangerous. Yeah. I, I mean, it, 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 I guess it really boils down to what Sanders wants to do. Does he want to make sure Donald Trump doesn't win or does he want to change? Um, does he want to keep the political revolution going? You know, and that's, I think the issue a lot of people are having is mm. do I just do what I morally want to do? And and deal with the consequence, or do I do the safe thing and and make sure that there's no consequence, and the consequence that we're left with is maybe less. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that comes to that whole argument is that if, if if Trump wins, yeah. to what extent will those consequences affect you? Yeah, right, personally. Yeah, right. That can you? Some people can be like, okay, well, I could just check out for four years. Right. It's not really going to affect me. I can just sort of throw bombs from the sideline yep. and say, I hate him. Yep. Um, whereas other people suddenly, you know, he's called for insignia and stuff yep. for them, right? So, yep. so you know, that, that might be the other side of it, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Um, this is the one thing that I've been very open that I'm going to vote for Clinton. Right. Um, but this is a sticking point for me. Um, the... The foreign policy, the, the idea, I mean, I just think it's so tone deaf. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, even if she's just completely Machiavellian and politically calculating, right? Mm -hmm. I need to get votes. I need to get people to vote for me. Um, at this point, this all this is is trying to lure in on-the-fence Republicans. Right. Right? Um, at the expense of the Democratic base, however, 
Right. Right. Which kind of tells you something that the Democrats don't care about their base that much. They just expect them to vote lockstep. Right. That it's, yeah. it's their duty to vote for them because guess what? Look at the Republicans. Yeah. Right. So that's their argument. Look at the Republicans. Yeah. Um, but whatever you want, we don't really care. Yeah. Right. That your actual moral commitments, your political commitments and, and so on, your your actual visions. We don't care about those. Yeah. Just look at the Republicans. Yeah. Um, which makes for, I don't know, it makes... Yeah, but you act know. as though any... Polit- you act like there are all these politicians who like are actually sitting in a room going, all right, you know, let's not worry about votes. <laughs> let's actually just really think about what the right thing for, for our base is. Our base. That we actually... We're in politics. We care about the base. It's all a small fraction of people get into politics who actually want to make a change. It's a it's an ego driven um, industry where ninety percent of the people are there for power and to put their own mark on the world. And and the base is a second thought. You need voters to get there, but once you're there, your main objective is to make sure you don't lose voters. But it's that's where the thought comes from, not from let me do the right thing and the voters will come to me. Well, I don't know, man. Like the, and, that, and that's a negative way to approach been, anything. There's been historical precedents that show otherwise, right? That, that the Democrats basically forsook their base when they decided, yeah, we're going to embrace civil rights because it was the Democratic Party that was the party of the racists. Yeah. And once the Democratic Party said, no, we're actually, these are our principles and we're going to go with those and we're going to send in the army to integrate schools. Yeah. Um, they basically said, yeah. Yeah, there's that, times. They're, 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 that base has go, go, gone away, right? They right. became Republicans. Right. right? And so um, that I'm just saying that there might be moments, you know, where U.S. was a state of permanent war um, and you're having Henry Kissinger as your foreign policy guru. Yeah. You're basically forsaking war. a lot of, you, yeah. know, you know, you're lifting up war and you're forsaking the base that has been screaming yeah. this whole time enough war. Right. right. And you're saying, yeah, but we don't care about you because we know you're scared enough of Trump. If that's the case, I'm know. just trying it's, to make the I, point I, that I think the young people that, that, that don't trust her and don't want to vote for her, it's not because of Henry, Henry Kissinger, it's because of her. It's because of her record. I think her record is bad enough. So it's not like. Oh, this woman is going to become president that has no war record whatsoever. But it's like, hey, by the way, she's a clean record, but Kissinger is on her side. This guy's record, it's like, no, Hillary's winning and she has her own record regardless of him. That's pretty terrible. So... You're, no, what are you really afraid of? We know that if she wins, we, we're probably dropping more bombs. We're probably going somewhere else. Like, and that's just accepted. People have accepted that about her. Hmm. So that's why I'm saying it's not a big enough play. She's already got a, I mean, she has a terrible war record. So do you, th- so like if you, she can get it, like, you know, what is he going to make her do? He's not doing. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just saying that she's now, during the campaign, right, the primary campaign, she's had to lurch to the left, right? Yeah. Uh, and now we're seeing the tack to the right. Um, but this is a pretty hard yeah. tack to the right. I know, but um, do you think that she really is taking advice from this guy? Oh, absolutely. You uh, really think that? Absolutely. 100%. No way. Hillary? Come on. Hillary's a, like the toughest person in the world. She's not listening to anybody at this point. Don't you think oh, she's no, really no, no, driving no. what she no, thinks? No, no, no. I think I think she's very um, 
You think he's Yoda? He's Yoda? No, 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 no. Well, I mean, I think she respects him a lot. Um, and I think as does Bill. And I think, I mean, in a way, you know, she, she's got her own set of people who she thinks are really smart and she reads their books and is influenced by them. Trump doesn't talk to anybody, right? He just, you know, whatever. Right. But she actually considers things. He's got, I'm I'm just saying that she's, she's considering really the wrong things. Right. Like that is that her sort of leading lights is like, it's basically like, yeah, who's your advisor, Darth Vader. Right. You know, so, okay. Yeah. Um, that's, and I'm just saying from a pure politics yeah, standpoint, that what you're doing is saying, yeah, I want those fence riding Republicans. Yep. And you're putting, who hate Trump enough, but like Kissinger, like right, and like okay, well, well you know, right, exactly, years. right. Um, and you know, he was in the Nixon administration, yep, the yep, Ford administration. Yep, I got it. You know, Republican can work on both sides, whatever. Um, but. In doing so, she's basically slowly raising her middle finger to the entire liberal base of yeah. the party, yeah. right? Which, which she also needs to win. So I'm just saying it's a dangerous game. It is, Amit, but Trump, it's like, it's not fair for us. Trump is so bad that it doesn't matter. Like, no. There, anyone who is like this in tune to Kissinger's policies, that's like, I don't know, the Kissinger's policies, I might not vote for Hillary, like... Then they then they're gonna vote for her because that means that they're so against Trump that it's not big enough. I mean, that's the problem. That's the problem I'm having is I'm so afraid of Donald Trump that I'm like I'll pretty much vote for anybody, even Henry Kissinger. Maybe I'd be like he's got experience. You know what I mean? I, you know? I mean, look what he did. For Henry Kissinger Cambodia. once gave Hillary Clinton two Tic Tacs. I'm getting in my put. I have a couple more of these. <laughs> Is that it? Are we That's done? That's it. That's it. That's it. Man, Kissinger. Kissinger. Tell us what you think about Kissinger. Kissinger. <laughs> right in. Check us out on Facebook. Tell us <laughs> your favorite Kissinger your story. Favorite, your favorite Hillary and Kissinger story. We should do a, a Kissinger Christmas uh, segment. <laughs> Just like fake stories from right. Kissinger Christmas table, right. even though he doesn't celebrate Christmas. Right, but he, he enjoys the holiday season, apparently. All right. Well, we're taking next week off, just like all you lazy bastards out there. Last week of August, and yep. we're not working either. Yeah. Um, and we'll be back in, in September with. Yeah. You know, I think we're trying to bring some more guests on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they'll come on, hopefully they will. You I know? think they will. Um. All right. Check us out on Facebook. We haven't done this in a while. We yeah. do have an Instagram. We do mm-hmm. have a Twitter. We have a website. We have a website. We actually have stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we we're not just comments. two guys in a basement, you know, like right. wishing for a lot of people to start listening to us. We're two guys that have done some work wishing for guys, people to listen to us. <laughs> That's right. You know? <laughs> All right. No Politics at the Dinner Table is produced by Jeep Beta Roy, and we are taking a week off, bitches. We'll see you in September.